Imagine waking up in a luxurious Airbnb in Hawaii, looking out at the ocean with a coffee in hand, shooting some content in the morning, and then having the rest of your day to just enjoy the island. That is what travel creators get to do, which is amazing. But imagine doing all of that and not even having to post all of that content that you shoot. This is what travel UGC creators do every day. Honestly, this is the damn dream if I've ever heard of one. The crazy part is that it's actually really doable. It's not out of the realm of possibility that in 2023, that could be you. And Chelsea Hope is a great example. I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 in sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. We're here with 22-year-old Chelsea Hope, who started creating UGC in July of 2022, and she has not turned back since. Within her first month, she secured $10,000 in deals and was able to quit her full-time job in retail in the second month. Now, Chelsea creates incredible content for brands, but she also has a huge focus on working in the travel industry. She has managed to master the art of UGC for Airbnbs and hotels and has been traveling the country as a UGC creator ever since. During this podcast recording, she had literally just gotten back from Hawaii and was getting packed up to go to Florida. Needless to say, I dug into her process deep, and you can hear the entire conversation in this episode. This, my best BFF, is Social Scoop. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you are starting to work with brands or you have been working with brands. You're looking for a way to do more long-term brand deals. You're probably sick of sending out cold pitches time and time again and either not getting a response or getting a response that says, sorry, we're not working on anything right now, or hey, we can send you some product, but that's about it. If you're looking to create long-term successful partnerships with brands, look no further than our signature course that just released last week, Brand BFF. Brand BFF teaches you our proven framework, the anti-pitch method that helps you create relationships with brands without cold pitching. You can learn more about becoming a Brand BFF down in the show notes, and we hope to see you guys there. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 82 of Social Scoop. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Every single week that I say the episode number, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that is so many episodes. And so every week, I'm just like floored that we're here. So thank you so much for being here. A couple of things to talk about really quickly in terms of news, but honestly, news has been really chill in the last few weeks, and I'm not mad about that because I feel like it's given us kind of some time to just process everything that's happened on social media in the last year and kind of figure out where we want to go from here. I myself have been doing a lot of reflecting. I actually took this entire week off that you're listening to this episode to really just look at what the heck I'm doing on socials and decide how I want to shift my strategy and what I want the next month or two to look like for me. So I'm actually doing a little test of my own in the next month in April. What my plan is, is to post every single day of the week, different content. Um, We are going to be sharing content on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts. And because I've heard these little rumors about the fact that Instagram wants you to actually record the content in the Instagram app and edit it there, I'm going to try it and we're going to see what happens. So my plan is to come up with a content calendar. I'm almost done with that part where I'm going to essentially figure out what the concept and script is for every day that I'm going to create the content. I'm going to wake up in the morning, record my video in each app, 
post it and see what happens. That's part one of my experiment. Part two of my experiment is actually based on my, uh, specifically my Instagram account. I've had my Instagram account probably since 2012, 2013. So it's been a very long time. And one thing that I have been able to hear from a few people who have accounts that have been around as long as mine is that they have a lot of trouble with reach. And I'm very curious about this. So what I'm actually planning on doing is creating a separate account. I will post it on my Instagram for you guys to see. And it's going to be kind of my experimenting account. I'm going to also record the same content in that account and post it for that account so that I can see what happens with the results between my account that's been around forever and this new account that I'm just creating, but basically with the same content. Very excited to see how that plays out. You guys can follow along and see how it goes on my Instagram. I'll definitely share uh, stories, updates, and then also I'm going to be sharing updates on TikTok as well. Now, outside of my news, we have a piece of Instagram news here. They are testing full-length Reels replays within Stories. So instead of a viewer just seeing the first 15 seconds of a Reel via Stories, Instagram is testing the ability to have a Reel play its full length within Stories. Here's my question. Does this count as a view? Because <laughs> personally, if it doesn't, I don't want it to last as long. Like I would personally rather people still have to click it in order for me to get that as a view because I think if we're showing the whole video without it counting as a view, won't our views be a lot lower? Hmm. I don't know. This is just my first thought on that, but I couldn't find any information on if this would count or not and if that, you know, helps with the numbers. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Now, I'm sure you've heard this news. Obviously, this is everywhere. Um, honestly, I feel like you can't avoid it at this point. Now, TikTok could potentially be seeing a US ban. And we are recording this the day before it goes live. So it's Monday right now. Maybe tomorrow there will be more updates. But as of right now, basically the US government has concerns about the security of user data because TikTok is owned by a Chinese parent company. So the TikTok CEO presented in front of Congress last week to explain basically TikTok's side of things and explain where they're at with security and with data security and all of that. Things seem to be at this point still up in the air, but it's kind of scary. This is actually in the realm of possibility. It doesn't feel like a, it's just fake anymore. You know, like there's actual things happening in Congress um, and, and things seem to be elevating. So it's not to say that this couldn't happen. So what can we do as content creators, right? Instead of freaking out... <laughs> <laughs> take a few deep breaths. And what I want you to do is first, save your content that's really important to you from TikTok. You know, if there is any pieces of content that you would like to repurpose, anything that's evergreen, um, I would save them and save them to your phone and may basically see if it's anything that you can kind of uh, repurpose in the future or just things that you want to keep knowing that they performed well. So maybe you can recreate them, whatever it is. I don't want you to lose your content. So I would save your content. Also, I would start to ensure that you have another place to reach people, whether that's another platform, maybe you are building an email list, whatever that might look like to you. I think this would be a really great opportunity for you to find other ways or other places to connect with people. Maybe you even start directing people towards other platforms. Maybe at the end of your TikTok video, you're saying, Hey, you can actually go check out our Instagram story for most or for more uh, details on this. And so that might be a good way to organically bring people over to other platforms. So I would definitely start thinking about this just in case 
anything does get even more elevated than it already is with the TikTok ban. I'm really, really hoping that this doesn't happen. I think all of us listening can probably agree to that. I mean, TikTok has been a huge part of my business. Like my success would not be what it is today without TikTok. And I think most business owners can say the same thing. So hopefully this doesn't go any further than it already has, but we'll again, just have to wait and see. Now, the conversation that I'm about to share with you was one that I had so many questions written down. And then poor Chelsea, I just had things that were like spewing out of my brain. So I grilled poor Chelsea, but we had such a great conversation here all about being a travel UGC creator, what you need to say to brands, how you can reach out to them. Do you get paid? Do you just get free vacations? What the heck? happens as a travel UGC creator. So we got the answers to all of these questions and more with Chelsea coming up next. Obviously, UGC is something that you guys have a lot of questions about. It's been all over the place. If you're on TikTok and haven't heard about UGC or you're on Twitter and haven't heard about UGC, I don't know what you're seeing (laughs) because that's all I see. And I know that with UGC, there are a lot of travel opportunities that maybe aren't talked about as much. So today's episode, we're going to be talking all about UGC and also travel UGC with Chelsea here, who is just the queen of UGC. So Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course, of course. So for anyone who doesn't know about you and what you do yet, can you kind of just give us the rundown? Yes. So I am Chelsea. I started creating UGC just about eight months ago. Um, And within my first month, I just took it full time. And I really love traveling, everything about traveling. So I tried to pivot and figure out how I could work with Airbnbs and hotels, doing the same thing with UGC. And that's exactly what I did. So pivoted within, I want to say five months, I just started reaching out to Airbnbs and hotels. And now that's kind of my full-time job is traveling in UGC. So uh, that's what I'm here to talk about you guys or talk with you guys about today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're kind of living the dream life. It sounds amazing. Like everyone, I think, if they have the opportunity would probably be like, yes, I want to travel and like take amazing videos. And that's kind of the dream. So um, for people who are kind of looking to get into this, let's talk about like general UGC first. What would you say is like, what should creators know about landing UGC deals? Like where have you been able to find the most success with just like general UGC? Um, And what kind of tips do you have for creators there? Yeah. So when I first started, obviously I had no experience. And if you are just starting out, you're not going to have experience. So trying to land as many gifted deals as possible, that way you can start to build a portfolio for yourself. I personally started just grabbing things around my house that I loved and I could just create content on it, which is what they typically say to do is just create something with what you already have. And I just started building a portfolio, putting it all together and posting on Twitter. And that's how I started landing clients within the week. So Twitter is going to be like the best place to find clients that are like legit and not just not real. So just being active on Twitter and building a portfolio for yourself with things that you already have and products that you already love and just kind of trying to learn by doing instead of by doing the research. Um, So doing the research, actually doing, and then creating a portfolio, being active on Twitter, you're bound to land clients. You just have to put yourself out there. I'm really curious to hear too, because I know with Twitter, like I, I'm trying to be active on Twitter, but it kind of like falls last on my list of platforms. But 
with Twitter, I've seen so many like looking for UGC creators and then there'll be like a bazillion UGC creators responding. Are those the kind of posts that you're getting these jobs through? And if so, like, how do you tell if they're legit or not? Yeah, so those are not the ways that I get jobs. And a lot of the time, they're not real. It's basically just them trying to build the engagement on their Twitter account. So the way that I actually landed clients was by posting about my experiences, posting about my viral videos, posting my content, just being active because a lot of brands and business owners use Twitter as a search engine to find creators like us. And if you're active and posting about your wins and posting about like you know your stuff, then they're going to find you just by typing in UGC creator because you're going to be more active than some other ones are. So when you're posting on Twitter, you're obviously not posting, oh, I can't seem to land a deal or how do I find deals? Because brands see that and they're like, well, we don't want to work with her if she doesn't have clients or not already working. But if you're posting consistently, just like any other social channel, um, there's just so much opportunity and you don't really have to post on those looking for UGC creators. I would just wait to get the inbounds coming in or if there's other larger creators in the community posting they're looking for UGC, that's another way because they're obviously real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard, I feel like, to find the gigs on Twitter that are trustworthy. So that's really interesting to hear that it's kind of been more like you sharing your experiences and brands coming to you. That feels a lot more legit than (laughs) like trying to apply to these things that have like 50 creators already applying to them. And again, probably are not real. So great tip. That's a great tip. Um, Now I'm curious, obviously, with you getting started, like, eight months ago, A lot has happened, I'm sure, for you in that small period of time. How did you figure out in the beginning, I guess, versus now, like rates? Because that's something that I know with UGC, like, it's crazy to me when I see videos on TikTok of people charging, you know, $50 for a video and then other people charging $700 for a video. (laughs) And everyone is like very off base, I guess, like all over the place with where they're charging. So what was your experience like trying to figure out what to charge? And like, how did you get here where you, I'm assuming are more comfortable with what you're charging? Yeah, so I am one of those creators that did not charge a lot in the beginning. But as it's just like taking gifted collabs. So I took a ton of gifted collabs until I started charging $75 a video, $100 a video, something very, very cheap than what other people were charging. And I know it's, it's, it kind of brings down the natural average of, okay, you should be charging 150 or 200 for a video because if there are people not charging that, then you're kind of devaluing the creators that are. But if you're first starting out and you're charging $75 for a video, your content isn't good. Like you're not 100% confident in your content and that's why you charge that rate. So for me, I didn't want to put money behind my content because if it didn't come out right, I didn't want to have like money pressuring me to create this content because I was so new. I didn't know what I was doing. So the way that I kind of got so much, so many clients and got paid so much within my first month was because I took on more work than I could handle for a cheap price, but I built my portfolio 
massively because I had so many clients and I had so much video content because I was working at 75 to a hundred dollars per video. And now to where I am now, like they will, brands will pay my rate because they want my content because my have, I've have been able to prove that I can convert. So when you're starting out, you want to charge yes, less just because it's going to be easier to get clients. And then once you get better at your content later on down the line, you can charge that higher value. You have the testimonials to speak to. You have the case studies. And that's what's going to put that rate at a higher standard because they're going to want to pay you rather than you having yeah. to like force them to pay you almost in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes sense. And it almost kind of reminds me of with like sponsored posts and stuff like that, creators doing gifted collaborations just to kind of start to build relationships with the brands. And then once they've been able to kind of like prove themselves, you know, then it's a lot easier to ask a brand for however much money. Um, So I, I don't think that's like a bad way of going about it at all. It sucks to do work for like less than you want to, but you're right. It's just like any other like artistic career. Like I think about years and years ago when I used to do makeup, I was a makeup artist and I would do people's makeup for like 20 bucks because I just needed to get a bunch of photos of the makeup that I was doing until eventually I was like, okay, I have plenty of stuff in my portfolio. I'm clearly able to prove what I can do. And now I'm charging what I'm worth. And it's like no different from, you know, kind of where UGC creators stand, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, I always tell creators, it's like every job, you go into a job, and you're getting paid low, and then you ask for raises. So it's the same thing, you just start to increase the price of your work, just because you know, you're worth that amount, the more experience you have. And how did you kind of figure out when you were at the point where you were like, okay, this is like, pretty comfortable to where my rates are at, like you were raising it and raising it and raising it until when I guess. It's when I started to get annoyed. Like it's crazy to say that, but I started to feel like I am doing so much work and I don't want to just do this video for a hundred dollars. Like I was at a point where I could decline deals because I just, the yeah. $100 wasn't worth it for me anymore. But 150, now we're talking, I could do two videos for 300. So I just kind of, Whenever I started to get that feeling of like dread and I didn't want to work anymore, that's when I raised my price because clearly yeah. if they're willing to pay a hundred, what's another $50 for them? And then I would give them bundle deals. And it's just like a feeling you get, like, especially at any job, you just feel like you deserve to get paid more. So that's when you kind of bubble it up. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it sounds funny, but it's really true. Like, when you, are you at a point where you're like, this just isn't like worth it for me? add this amount of money. And then you know, like, okay, it needs to go up until you feel like you are at a point where you're comfortable. So that makes total sense. Um, Also, with rates, I guess there also comes negotiation, you know what I mean? Like you were saying, if they're they're gonna pay $100, what's 150? How do you kind of negotiate with with these brands on UGC? Because I know from my experience of doing like a lot of sponsored work and a lot of UGC that I have a lot of, I guess, leverage with sponsored work because I evolve like my stats on my page and my demographics and all of this. And I have a lot of information that I can say, like, this is why I'm charging this much money. But sometimes I find that with UGC, it's harder to negotiate rates because all I can say is like, well, like, look at, you know, like this ad performed this way, or, you know, look at how pretty this content is or whatever it is. But like, Do you find that you ever have trouble negotiating UGC deals? And if so, like, is there anything that you can kind of share with creators that 
like helps you able be able to negotiate a little bit better? Yeah, I think for me, it's all about the confidence. So when a brand comes to me at a certain rate, and it's not my rate, typically, a lot of the time, I'm just like, no, hell no, I'm not even gonna respond. But when you hit them with, well, this is my typical rate. And this is why I charge this. And I'll give them a case study. Like, for example, I can actually speak to a business that I literally made six figures because of a ad that I created for them. And I didn't get any part of that because I didn't have a virality clause into place. But that's something that now I can speak to. So if you have case studies that you can speak to, you can give that in an email of saying, well, my one of my ads performed this way and you're only paying me this one rate this one time and if you you can possibly make six figures from this one video if it performs well so you're just kind of telling them the value that you're giving again and then i also link my portfolio yet again in another email Um, and i'm like you can also refer back to my past results and my past analytics and if like if this works for you, I'm happy to continue. Um, and it's just being confident, like just saying to them, like, this is my rate and why, if you don't yeah. want to pay it, then you can find someone else and maybe the content won't be as better basically. And typically if they're a larger brand, they come yeah. back and they're willing to work with you just because if you have that case study, they want that too for their brand. So it's just being confident and kind of giving them results right. that you've already had. And I guess that actually kind of brings up a a good question. I think having the case study, whether it's UGC or sponsored, is very, very smart because it just gives you more leverage. It's harder for them to like argue with your numbers. But I am curious, are you kind of like asking the brands, can you can you share the analytics with me so that I can use them in a case study? Um, How are you, I guess, getting that information for a case study? Yeah. So typically um, in the email back and forth prior to us even working together, I always let them know I will be following up and asking um, how the content performed. And with that, I even sometimes put it in my, um, my contract. So that way when... I do hit them back and they're not responding. I let them know like this was in the contract that we both signed. So you have to let me know those analytics and then they get back. But that's never really happened to me where I've had to force it. A lot of the time I work with um, like independent e-com owners and they're just always open and willing to send me that data because they want to show me that my content's working so I can get paid more. (laughs) So it's typically a mutual beneficial relationship. And if you're doing really well, they want to tell you because most of the time they're going to want to come back and work with you. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, So I do want to kind of transition and talk a little bit about like travel UGC, because I mean, I think that's something that there are plenty of people who do it, but there's not like a lot of people who I've found that are like, real experts and like doing it very frequently. Um, So I want to I need to ask you all of the questions why I have you here. Um, So what would you say like what things should a creator do, or I guess know about before they start to maybe travel or pitch travel opportunities? Yeah. So the biggest thing is that you don't need to be a travel creator. You don't need experience. You don't need a portfolio. You don't have to even have a travel niche. You just have to start pitching. And with that, you're pitching mostly your follower count if you have one. And if you don't, if they have social media and you're already a UGC creator, you can use that to your advantage and let them know like you do this for companies. Now I'm pivoting to Airbnbs and short-term rentals to kind of do this, get, get, give you the same results basically. So when I first started, I had no portfolio. Yeah. I had like my niche was 
lifestyle she in bikini content like it had nothing to do with travel so i just started reaching out to airbnb hosts and i had less than 10,000 followers on tiktok and i said that i would be in the area wanting to you know create content for them to have some viral content and i'm like pretty certain that it could perform well because i already post on tiktok and i reached out to eight within my first day and three yeah. got back to me and they were willing to have this content because at the end of the day paying for content nowadays especially on social media it's a pretty penny. So when you're just starting out, if you're just sharing that, like, yeah. if I can make a video go viral of your stay, then we could be, I could fully book you out for the next two or three months. And that's kind of invaluable, especially if they don't know how to post on social media. Right. And it's a good point too, because a lot of people who are Airbnb hosts, like probably don't have any sort of social media experience. <laughs> so like they do need the content if they're going to be trying to utilize social media. Exactly. So I think it's actually like kind of a genius, like little sub segment, sub, oh my gosh, sub segment of UGC, because I do think that there's such a need for it versus like, Brands could probably, yes, they love UGC and everything, but realistically, they have people in-house that can help with it. Airbnb people right. probably don't. Um, so I love that. Now, what does your typical pitch work with? So like you reached out to eight brands, got three already ready to go responses. What do you kind of say in your pitch that's making brands or I guess uh, Airbnbs or hotels so excited to work with you? Yeah. So it's actually really crazy because the first pitch I ever used, I kind of stuck with it because I just put myself in the shoes of like a host. Like what would make me want to work with a random creator just reaching out, right? Yeah. So I put myself in their shoes and I basically just gave them that urgency of like, I'm going to be in town and I need to create this content for your stay. And I want to send you this amazing opportunity. And then I would go into telling them a little bit about what I'm going to create and why it's going to help them. And then I would mention myself and like how I'm a creator for bigger businesses and brands and companies. And I create this content already, but now I'm pivoting to the travel and short-term rental business because there's not a ton yeah. of marketing in that aspect. So, and then I just basically was like, this is what I'm going to be doing when I'm there. I typically stay for two to three nights and I do that call to action of, do you want to see any of the mood boards that I've created for your stay? And also some more content ideas that I have planned because then when they see that, when I see that pitch, they're looking at that as, wow, this girl already created a mood board and she already has like ideas. Like, why don't I just respond and see what she has to say? And most of the time I would get responses of, yeah. you know, we're not looking for it. We don't need it. Or they would say, oh yeah, like, can I see your mood board or what content ideas are you like going to pitch? And as soon as you get that kind of response, that bite, they're, they're basically willing to work with you. It's just a matter of now, how can I actually seal the right. deal and land this day for free? And in the beginning, all I wanted to do this for was a hobby. I didn't plan on getting paid out of this. It just became something that I loved so much. And then yeah. I started to get that feeling of, well, this is a lot of time and energy and I need to get paid for this. And then I just started, you know, doing packages, yep. upselling, and then it just all worked from there. But basically it's just having a specific pitch unique to each host, obviously not copy pasting everything, but I have, I want to say like eight Airbnb pitches now that I actually sell, but all of them are sim like unique to someone who doesn't have experience, who does have experience, who has social media. Maybe the Airbnb has yeah. social media. So just like UGC, when you're pitching to a brand, you can't just copy paste, hey, I want to work with you and this is why. You have to say why you want to work with this specific person and what you can do for them. And that's what's going to make 
and I want to work with you too. We're going to work together kind of pitch. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think it's really cool that the, like the way you got started, you didn't, you don't have like travel experience. You're just like, here's what's happening. Like you need the help. Um, and, and it's definitely sounds like it's been working out for you really well. So that's really awesome. Um, I'm curious to hear kind of more like logistically about travel UGC. So like you said at first, you know, it was kind of like you weren't getting paid. You were just getting the stays. And then eventually you were like, this is a job, like time to get paid. Um, how did you kind of like put packages together? Like, I guess what are kind of like some of your average packages look like? Is everything UGC, do you offer anything sponsored? Um, like, you know, do you have different price points? Kind of like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So in the beginning, I was basically giving so much content away for free just because I wanted to, obviously I'm at this Airbnb already and I just want to get content there because that's why I'm there. And I'm there because I want to travel. So you're already taking the content. So in the packages that I was um, offering, I was simply just saying that I was going to give about eight to 10 um, Airbnb photos just of their stay. And then about eight to 10 lifestyle photos with me in it that they can repurpose on their website, their socials. And then I was also offering the in-feed post on TikTok, Instagram, and then stories on Instagram. So it's a huge package, a ton of content, but you have to look at working with these Airbnb yeah. hosts as just other random people. Like these people have no idea what UGC stands for most of the time. So if you're even saying, I'm going to give you a UGC video, they're going to be like, what the hell is that? So you have to kind of talk to them. Like they're like, you know, your brother, your family, your mom, like your dad, anyone, because they have no idea how to clearly market their business, which is why we come in. So giving them those in-feed posts on TikTok and Instagram, if you provide that, the stories, and then also giving them that photo content, because most of the time, that's really all they want are the photos. Um, And then they just want you to post on your social media. So that way they can get more exposure to their stay. Because the goal, the main goal is at least to get one viral video and hopefully that books them out. And then going from there, I should add, I would start to offer the upsells of, okay, now that I've been doing this for a few times, I would shorten that gifted package of maybe like four photos, like one video here. And then in the larger package that I was charging for, I'll give you maybe six to eight videos and I'll post maybe eight times on my Instagram story. So just kind of negotiating to make that, that gifted package kind of like, yeah, I like that, but I want more content. And then they're always willing to, you know, purchase your content, especially if they like it. Right. Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense. And I'm also curious to hear more about your actual pitching process because I'm thinking about travel. So I'm assuming you probably have like an idea of where you want to go. You're like, okay, I really want to go. I saw you were just in Florida or maybe you are in Florida. Um, You know, (laughs) I want to go to Florida. And so do you seek out Airbnbs in Florida then? Like what is, what does that kind of look like in terms of like how often you're pitching and where you're pitching to? Yeah. So typically I just kind of reach out to wherever I'm planning on going. And if I want to go somewhere, that's typically like where I start. And then I'm just kind of open to whatever, clearly sometimes near the airport because it's just easier. But when you're first starting out and you're doing this for free, you kind of want to stay nearby local if possible. So you're not spending as much money up front. But if you are traveling further away, um, I typically will like pick a state and then find Airbnbs within that state that are maybe like heavily populated or not heavily populated. I just pitch anywhere. Um, And then basically what I look for are like four 
specific things. I make sure they have good or bad listing photos, if they have social media or not, what their booking calendar is like, and the reviews. So all four of those things are major important when you're pitching. Because if you have someone that has a fully booked calendar, they don't need to work with you and probably are going to be harder to work with. But if you're yeah. pitching to someone that maybe has social media and has no social or has no bookings in their calendar, then they're probably going to want to work with you because they already understand marketing and they're not booked. So you can just really help them. So it's basically just yeah. doing that initial research in the area that you're looking to be staying at. And then what you can do, especially if you're doing it for free, is you can just write everything off because you're there for work. You're creating content for work. So that flight, that car, right. like that's all a write-off because you're not just going for vacation. You're actually going to work. So it works out in your favor, especially when you work for yourself. Um, and then later down the line, when you do start charging, yeah. you can include the travel into your packages. Um, and then you just kind of get reimbursed plus that extra fee on top. Okay. See, that was actually going to be like one of my next questions. When you are going somewhere that's further away, like who pays for the flights and the expenses? Yeah. So if you do have a job like that, where, you know, like they are investing a lot of money, um, obviously, again, and paying for flights and things like that, do you give them like much bigger packages? Yeah. So typically like my, my starting package is at a thousand dollars and I tell all the creators that are trying to get into this, you always want to offer a discount, right? So you always want to say like, okay, I'm running a deal this month. It's 25% off for this package or 50% off, whatever it may be. And then you kind of make that percentage fit to how much you're spending on travel. So if you're spending like maybe a hundred dollars on a flight and a hundred dollars on a car, you don't really have to charge that much for travel because you're only paying $200 really to get there back and drive. Yeah. But and then you're also getting paid for it. So typically, I like to start my package at 1000. And then just depending on if they're kind of open and willing to pay that, just kind of getting the vibe from the host. And like, a lot of the time I will actually get reached out to so then I know that I can kind of upsell my prices because they're reaching out to me, they want to work with me. So I can charge a little bit more, especially yeah. if they're not local to me. So it just kind of depends on every single host. Sometimes they don't want to pay you, which like kind of stinks. But at the end of the day, it's still a win-win because you still get to travel for free. So that's why I always try to stay within like a four hour driving distance for me, because if I'm getting um, a three night stay yeah. out of it, which is four full days or four days, then it's kind of a fun vacation and you can also potentially get paid. So it's almost like becomes this thing of like, you want to create really, really great content. So that way they want to purchase from you and you do get a hefty check out of it. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like on these jobs where maybe it's not like a ton that they've agreed to, you go there and you shoot like a ton of extra content. And then after you present it to them, like, here's all this extra stuff, you can have it if you want it, like it's right in front of your face. Yeah. So sometimes they like, just don't want the content. They're just, they just want me to post it. So a lot of the time they'll be like, yeah. the content like does look great, but we don't need it because we don't really have social media. So they'll ask me like what my rate is to continue posting on my social media. So I'll just tell them like, I'll give them a rate that kind of just like works for me to continue posting and marketing their stay. That just makes sense because you just think of it as like yeah. a sponsored post. If you're marketing their stay and then putting that link in your story or your bio or the post. Um, but basically I've never had really someone say like, 
no, it sucks. I don't like it. It's mainly just, they don't know what to do with it because they don't even know how to market their own Airbnb. So they just kind of want me to post on my socials and they'll give me that charge, which I don't really charge a lot because I already have the content. But if I'm posting um, past that month period, typically I will. But then also if you have all this content and say they have social media, another avenue you can go in is you can manage their social media account. If it's really sucky, then you can pitch yourself as a social media manager and say, Hey, like I'm willing to work on like a retainer with you and actually, you know, manage your account to get you more bookings. So that's like another avenue that some creators have went to because there are a ton of Airbnb hosts that just don't know what they're doing. And if you are a marketing professional, professional right now, maybe, and you will be later down the line, you can charge (laughs) for that service too. Yeah, that's a great point. There really are so many, I guess, different options that you can go down. Um, so it's good to know that those are there. Um, curious to hear, like, how often are you pitching? Or like, if you know, again, that you want to go somewhere, like how many Airbnbs are you pitching? Because I'm sure that just like any other pitch, like you said, like, sometimes you're getting like people who are like, no, not interested. Um, so do you usually try and reach out to like a, a large number? And if so, like, how often um, do you pitch, I guess? So basically I will be pitching eight to 10 Airbnbs a day just on the platform. And really that's it. So they'll respond basically right away because on Airbnb, they have to, they have to actually respond within a certain period of time or it affects the response rate. So it's honestly kind of Uh, nice that Airbnb does that because you know, if you are reaching out to them and they just don't respond, it hurts them. So they're going to respond regardless. And I personally just don't like to respond to more than that amount because it almost feels like if I'm getting all no's, it's kind of hurtful for my heart. So I just keep it nice and slim and I'll do that like every single day. And if everyone says no the first day, then there's just something wrong with my pitch. Something needs to happen. But you want to make sure that every pitch that you're sending is super unique. So it's going to take time to to craft that perfect pitch for each host. So I would say to not kind of exceed that amount. Yeah, that's fair. And actually, my next question was going to be like, how do you actually reach out to those Airbnb hosts? So like, if you can find some way to contact them off of Airbnb, it sounds like that's the avenue you usually go down. But if you are going to do it on Airbnb, you're just like super, super careful with it. Yes. So I typically do Airbnb. That's where I reach out. Um, Also Verbo, I'll reach out on there as well. It's not as popular as Airbnb, but still an option. And then on social media. So I'll find them on Instagram mainly. I'll type in like the city that I'm going to stay at with Airbnb. So it's like kind of SEO. And then it'll pull up all of those Airbnbs in the area. And then I'll kind of follow them. I'll like their content a little bit. And then I'll not reach out that same exact you know, a few minutes because you don't want to seem like you're just following them and then email messaging them about working with them. Um, but you want to, you know, kind of warm up the account to that way, you know, you're kind of just warming it up and then you message them in like two to three days, letting them know that you want to work with them. So there's a couple yeah. of different ways you can reach out, especially if you want to avoid getting banned on Airbnb, if that's scary for some creators. Um, and you can also find them online. You can Google them, find their websites and go that route as well. So that way you're not really soliciting sitting on that. Yeah. Okay. That's really good to know. I mean, that's like a pro tip right there because I wouldn't have even thought about getting kicked off of Airbnb. (laughs) So that is definitely very helpful. I'm sure for everyone listening. Um, I want to lastly kind of talk about, um, I'm sure at this point, again, like you have worked with so many companies, you've worked with so many Airbnbs that you have built up this 
portfolio of work. Um, now, when you are reaching out to brands, I'm sure you're also sharing like a portfolio with them. Um, if that's the case, I'm curious to hear like what tips you might have for creating a, a UGC travel portfolio that has worked for you to, you know, really catch the attention of, of the Airbnbs that you're reaching out to? Yeah. So basically my portfolio for travel is totally separate from my UGC portfolio. So my UGC is just UGC and then my travel is just travel. And the reason why is because if I send a portfolio slash website to an Airbnb host and they see all this like content for brands, they're going to be like, what is going on? I, that has nothing to do with me. I don't want to work with yeah. them. Um, so if you have something just specific to Airbnb is basically my process is I just say a little bit about who I am, that first slide. And then I have all of my hyperlinks to my channels. So I have my Pinterest, my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube, all that good stuff. Anything that I can, you know, use as leverage to work with them. And then basically my like results page or not really my results page, but my like past work is all just Airbnbs and hotels that I've worked at. So for each slide and it's my top performing one. So not just every single one that I work with, because I don't want like a whole website full of all this random content, but basically I'll have like four to five different stays on there. And I kind of create like a mood board for each stay. So that way, different aesthetics for different stays that I've done. Like there's different colors. There's just different things that I'm doing to create content for that specific host. So for each slide, I have like three to four videos, especially like if they went viral or anything, I'll have that reach underneath it, as well as some lifestyle and real estate photos that I took. That way, if I'm reaching out to a host that only wants, you know, real estate content, they can see that I do have some like photos of Airbnbs that I've worked at. And it's not just all me. And then I also have a slide with all of my results. So like my top performing videos, which is why it's super important to start posting now, even if you don't have any clients, because if you can post a video from somewhere that you've been to in the past, then you can kind of use that as I've worked with this Airbnb and you can use that as like a viral video in your results page in your case study. Um, and then basically that's pretty much it is just results I can show for my work. Um, a little bit of who I am and then also my services that I'm offering and why I'm offering it. So I'm my last slide basically just says, why would you work with me? What's the point? Is it worth it? And I always just go into detail on, you know, you can get more bookings out of this. I offer Instagram posting, TikTok posting in like just everything. And that way, if they're kind of confused or just kind of have no idea what I'm going to be doing when I'm there, everything on my website explains it to them. And also pro tip, if you're, you know, if you really want to know, do not say this is my portfolio. I've noticed I've been turned down because I've said portfolio. If you say you have a website, you come across more of like a travel blogger and you just come across more professional, not salesy. Mm. And that has been something that's worked for me. So had to just drop that little golden nugget in there. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That really is a pro tip. I think that makes total sense, actually, now that you bring it up. Um, Amazing. This was so helpful. I feel like every time I like talk to anyone about travel, like sponsored stuff or travel UGC, I'm just like, man, I'm going to start traveling. (laughs) So I'm I'm feeling very motivated myself. And I'm sure everyone else who's listening is probably feeling the same way. So thank you so much for sharing all of your tips, all of your, your info is definitely so helpful. And for anyone listening, Chelsea has a lot of really great resources. If this is something that you're interested in, 
um, in her bio on I'm sure all of the platforms that you guys will be able to find. And we'll also link some down in the show notes as well. So Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. 